welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for this evening or this morning or this afternoon. Um, it just depends when you're listening, really. After all, it's your podcast. Now, joining me today is... Um, they've become like a staple joke of our podcast. <laughs> and that doesn't mean that they are indeed a joke. I'm joined here by... Um, one of the other Scottish podcasts in Scotland it is uh, un- the Unlucky Frog Gaming podcast. Hello. So, so I've got Ben and I've got Josh. Hello. Hello. Yeah. And obviously <laughs> we've like, confused the names so people don't know. <laughs> so say <laughs> so say hello Ben. Hello Ben. Say hello Josh. Hello Josh. And it's fantastic to have you guys on. It's, uh, yes, thank you for having us. It's it's great to it's great to be on. Uh, yeah, I'm kidding. It, I think this is the first time we're being interviewed. It's a bit weird actually being yeah. guests now. I feel uh, a bit a bit vulnerable. Do you? It's okay. We'll be. I mean, yeah, are, are you going to come out with some like really hard hitting questions? You're not. You're not going to ambush us, are you? I wouldn't dream of. Um, I wouldn't dream of ambushing <laughs> you at all. I mean, that wouldn't be. That's really, really not in in our nature. But I mean, we have now got quite a few. Um, we've got quite a few American listeners now. Um, so how okay. howdy? Um, but I guess uh, the guys in America would probably like to know. You know, being the other Scottish podcast, where in Scotland are you from, guys? Where are you? Where in Scotland are you from, Ben? Well, I'm I'm from Glasgow, specifically the the south side. Oh. It is a big city. Uh, but. Born and bred. Good. Been here all my life. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And and mm-hmm. Josh, whereabouts in Scotland are you from? Oh, oh, I'm 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 not Scottish. I'm I'm from England. Sorry, I didn't hear that. I thought you said for a second that you weren't Scottish. I'm not. I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm from England. <laughs> Where about <laughs> you know? No, nobody's perfect. Land, land of hope and glory. Like, nobody's perfect. I just can't believe it. That's fine. <laughs> Shakespeare, Winston Churchill, the Churchill dog, yeah. the Beatles, flipping egg, fish <laughs> and chips, driver Capri, fish, fish, fish and chips, and uh, the far right. <laughs> <laughs> no Britannia. Combat eighteen. Uh, uh, <laughs> everything like that. Uh, I, I, in, in all seriousness, I am from. Uh, I'm from Cumbria. I'm actually from, uh, which uh, for uh, the, your American listeners is almost, but not quite, Scotland. It is. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much. So I think at various points in history, it was part of Scotland. Yeah. Well, you can actually see Scotland from my mum and dad's back garden. Yeah. Well, uh, so that gives you a, an idea of how close uh, we are. I'm, I'm actually from the worst named town in Britain, though. What's that? Yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Cockermouth. Oh, brilliant! It's it, see, it's the mouth of the River Cocker, it so it, it, that's the logical name it, to name if, a town. If I was thinking there was going to be any place you were going to hail from, uh, Josh, it was going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no, we've been. No, uh, I mean, in the green room, I did say, you know, there was not going to be. I don't usually plan anything, and I thought, well, I'm gonna, mm-hmm. you know. When I listen to Josh's dulcet tones and the fact that every podcast for the last like fifteen or twenty have been said, and there's only three other podcasts in Scotland, and one of them is you know <laughs> Unlucky Frog Gaming, we're, and I went, yeah, hang on a we're, minute, we're pretend that half of us uh, <laughs> not yeah. even Scottish. Well, well, you you did wear a kilt to my wedding. I oh, did, yeah. You so you're an, I, you're an honorary Scot. I think yeah. I, I think I carried it as well. You can't you yeah. can't help but you can't help but strut when you're wearing a kilt though. That's the thing. Oh yeah. There's something about I don't, I don't, it's hard to it's hard to explain. 
But if you, yeah, if, if your listeners who, if you've never wear the kill, do it. Yeah. Regardless of your heritage, just do it. Yeah. I think you have to just get out there because you can know, you know, why can I? They said yeah. William Wallace was yelling freedom because <laughs> he was kind of jang- he was jangling back a bit a bit a bit because this is nice. I like this. I wouldn't mind fighting for this kind of thing. And the English coming along saying you're not allowed to wear your kilts and it's like, but what about our freedom? <laughs> you can't stop mm. us from doing that. Um, hey. Hey. <laughs> um, no, I'm delighted to have you guys along because I have been. Um, Catching up with your stuff and listening to your stuff as you've been releasing things, and you guys, um, you've had a few people on that we've spoken to. You've had the fantastic Mr. Mark McKinnon on. Um, yes, of Reckon Room. You've also had yep. uh, the rather um, mad cat lady that's also known as uh, Bez. She's been on as well a couple of times. Bez, Bez was uh, Bez was fantastic. Never a dull moment with <laughs> Bez. Uh. Um, she, she's coming back on again to to our show, and I, th- oh, I don't. Oh, excellent! Uh, are you are you are you are you having her on on the uh, run up to Bez Day twenty eighteen? Uh, I think it's actually this week. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, that works. So you know, she's got to follow up mm-hmm. whatever happens tonight. So you know the the kind of the bar the bar will be set. Um, mm-hmm. The reason I've got you guys on, um, quite simply, is because um, I want to have a chat with you because of what you've yeah. been up up to, what you've been doing. Find out a little bit more about yourselves. I mean, the reason that we do our show is quite simply because we think there's not enough, there's simply not enough podcasts out there about board gaming. You know, as I say, there's only three in Scotland. There's us. There's these guys here, and then there's the first player token people who we still haven't spoken to. We still, we still haven't. <laughs> have you spoken to them? We we have not. Spoken we have not. Them, no. <laughs> I wonder. No. I don't know. Please, please get in touch. Please, yeah. please reach out. Please, you know, yes. just let us know. Send, send help. Yeah. <laughs> um. Um. But yeah, but what we want to do, yeah. we just want to find out a little bit about yourselves, a little bit about your well, history, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, we um, we 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 kind of got into tabletop be- uh, gaming the same way, albeit in different parts of the country. Yeah, uh, we we're both uh, Warhammer players uh, from way back when. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually how Ben and I met. I I actually moved up to Glasgow for work and. Uh, didn't know anyone up here, so uh, naturally grabbed my grabbed my plastic toy soldiers and rocked <laughs> up to the games Games Workshop or just Warhammer as it is now known. Yeah, um, it, it was Games Workshop at the time, and uh, it'll always be Games Workshop. Yeah, I, I still call it Games Workshop. Yeah, uh, everyone does. Yeah, and um, uh, you guys were running a fantasy campaign. Yep. Uh, that I managed to get in on. Because uh, if if no one's played uh, with um, with war, like a circle of peak guys who are into Warhammer, they're the the most fickle bunch of people ever. <laughs> so people were dropping out this campaign like nobody's business. I I stuck on till the bitter end though. <laughs> so, I mean, there, there was a core of about eight of us. Yeah, that uh, that hung on to the end. But yeah, like you say, there was lots of uh, little casuals. Orbiting around. <laughs> no, that's, that's a very yeah. scattered to the winds. Yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, that's that's kind of how we both got into tabletop gaming. I suppose from yeah. there, it was, it, do you know, it was uh, shows like on YouTube, like um, t- 
table, uh, Will Wheaton's tabletop on Geek and Sundry, and shut up, sit down were the ones that caught my attention. I was really into video games years ago, yeah. uh, and it just uh, because I was into Warhammer as well, like the board gaming and you know just tabletop gaming in general yeah. just seemed like a natural uh, step. I mean, after I, video I'm, gaming. I think I'm probably still more into video games than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, up until recently, I, I was uh, I was running uh, an Xbox clan. All right. Uh, of about when, when I was running, I think there was probably about twenty guys, you know, that that were uh, playing to varying degrees. Some guys were just dropping in and out. Some mm-hmm. guys were playing every night, and we would play games like uh, Destiny and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, but. Uh, are you original uh, Destiny? Are you talking about Destiny Two? Original, original Destiny. I I tried playing Destiny Two for about a week and. What'd you think of I just, it? I couldn't get into it. Really? Yeah. I've heard varying degrees of reports from Destiny Two, and I think the the addition of them trying to take more money in microtransactions has harmed the pot a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, um, I don't. I don't. Do you ever? Watch the Angry Joe show on occasion. I have been known yeah, to partake. So, so what what he's referred to 2017 uh, in terms of video gaming as as the the year of the microtransaction. Yeah, because you uh, that that's been the stumbling block for a lot of the the big triple uh, mm. A games this year. I I think because yeah you, you, you had the Battlefront. I was two just going to say Star Wars Battlefront two. Where I even like. Even someone who doesn't follow video gaming, I'd heard all about that oh, yeah. as well. Well, you see how cheap it is now, or how cheap they made it over the Christmas holidays on the Sony sale. It was down to something like about, I think it was down as £30 or even lower than £25. Wow. And um, The original Battlefront is a reasonable laugh, but you can kind of pick up everything in the season pass for about a tenner. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of thinking, do I wait? Do I bother playing it? Because I'd usually probably play it on the single player and then have a a flyabout in yeah. a spaceship, which is an awful lot of a kind of a, a good of fun. Do you keep kind of like the video game kind of hobby still running along? Then, Ben, are you still kind of checking out the the kind of the the new and shiny on the electronic front as well? Well, I I keep my foot in the door, mm. but um, yeah. Uh, around the time that we uh, we started talking about uh, launching uh, the Unlucky Frog. Uh, gaming podcast, which was about August, yeah, of last year. Uh, that that was when I, I officially uh, turned to the guys in my clan and said that I was uh, handing it over because I knew that uh, you know ru- running the podcast would mean that I, I I couldn't be around as much as the the leader of a gaming clan mm. probably should be. Yeah. Um. So I I I do still dabble a little bit, but um. I, I, Got my hands full with uh, tabletop stuff now. So is it a, is it I, a group of di- sorry? Is it a group of different groups of friends that are playing the tabletop stuff for you that are playing playing the video game stuff? Does the two kind of intermix? Um, not not really. Uh, I mean, so, some of the guy, most of the guys in my clan uh, are in other cities or in other oh, parts right, of the okay. world. So yeah, okay. so right. Out, I mean, um, mo- most of them are in different parts of England and the the US. Um, although, uh, shout out to uh, Richie, Steve, and Ryan. 
All right. From the Evercati Gaming Clan, who came all the way up from London for my my wedding last February. Oh, cool! Which yeah. was, was really cool. It was also Good the first time meeting them. Yeah, it was also the first time I met them face to face, which was quite surreal. But uh, the thing is, though, this is one of the weird things with the internet, right? You can feel like you you you, you do foster these friendships uh, without even meeting someone necessarily yeah um, i mean i'm 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 well out of the video gaming thing uh, i uh, <laughs> i i was just saying to ben i've made the the critical mistake of reinstalling civilization 4 on my laptop <laughs> i'm lucky um, I'm lucky you're on the show tonight uh, then yeah <laughs> surprising yeah. was an apology five minutes it's like so where's josh um He's currently kind of reinventing the pyramids at the moment, but he's yeah. trying to get his agriculture up and his technology kind of thing. Yeah. So he's he's, he's reconquering I, India. The thing is, right? So for like, um, I've played five and six. Uh, I haven't played six actually, but I played a bit of five, and that was quite different. But four's the one I always go back to, and it, really, four's not all that different from the very first one from the early nineties. But there's just I. I Sid Mia clearly managed to perfect um, putting crack cocaine in electronic form <laughs> because I swear it is the most it is the most addictive video game I have ever played. Uh, there's just something really, com- but I, uh, Sid, Sid, Sid Meier, like yeah, I think he makes games for like. Uh, cl- Closet psychopaths, you know. Like. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, do do you have a Napoleon complex? Your civilization. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's funny though because we talk about the the styles of tabletop games yeah. we like, and uh, you, you could probably tell uh, that I would be into civil like the civilization, the video game, just by the kinds of games I like and the well, way I play. Games. Yeah, like a lot of the uh, the turn based strategy games are essentially just. Uh, you know, it's a computer rolling dice for you mm. and moving the little men about as mm-hmm. opposed to doing it all on a, yeah, on it's, a yeah, kitchen table. It's kind of the randomizer. I mean, in many ways, I mean, the reason that you can get complex, these complex kind of real-time strategy systems is that traditionally you'd be you'd be you'd be picking up eight dice and 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 then rolling them on the table and seeing the kind of the results and that the difference is yeah. is that they kind of decide what the kind of the critical hits are and what the and what the damage is and stuff like that. I mean, it's the same. Let's face it. Looking at your Diablos and your Diablo threes of this world, that's mm. all it is. You're just collecting your new loot. It's just they've kind of made it easier for you to kind of play it in in kind of video game format. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've got a friend uh, back home. A guy I used to work with, Paul Laverack. Shout out, Paul, if you're listening to this. Hey, Paul. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he uh, so he was into wargaming, and not wargaming in the sense of uh, Warhammer 40k or anything yeah. like that. We're talking old school, like paper tokens wargaming, like simulations of World War Two. And see, looking so at you, the rule you books, need to be a member of, of Mensa to just to understand yeah. the rules, <laughs> like. Yeah. It, but it's it's it, it's it's. I always think it's it's funny how. Um, Tabletop games informed video games at first, and now tabletops getting things off uh, video games again. Yes, it's just it, it's interesting how because I suppose like the the discipline of designing a game in principle is no different uh, on what medium you use. Right, no. you've just got you've got a different kind of resource available to you with uh, 
with uh, making a computer program. Mm-hmm. But um, well, so, essentially, like, if, if you're boiling it down to like a molecular level, mm. one's using algorithm, whereas one's using dice. Yeah. And that's it. I think um, I think one of the nice things about tabletop, and I think this is why it's uh, over the last ooh, 15, 20 years. Do you think it's been growing for now? There's certainly yeah. been a like a, a a steady uptick in the number of people who are playing it and the number of copies of board games being sold. And I think part of the reason is um, it, it, it's kind of the simplicity of it, right? Uh, and I mean, you know, we joke about like games that require uh, you to be a member of Mensa just to understand. Mm-hmm. But really, what it is, it's that that sort of aesthetic and tactile um, element of the hobby. You know, holding the dice, holding the counters, moving pieces well, on a board. Because the, the video games, you know, as much as I do enjoy them, and there are experiences that you'll get in a video game that you just couldn't get in a tabletop game. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the a, a video game almost strips a, away a little bit of the humanity yeah. of gaming. Whereas I, th- I think that the reason that so many people uh, around our age and younger are, are discovering tabletop games is that they're now realising that they can have that very... That very human, that very social experience. And that's absolutely right. Yeah, you know, there's some things. That, likewise, you know, there's some things in video games you could never do in a tabletop game. I've, I'm yet to play a video game that simulates uh, diplomacy, quite like uh, talking to your mate next to you yeah. about yeah. why you shouldn't invade his territory, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah. uh, and just uh, th- th- loads of things like that. Um, I, th- I think that's one of the re- and th- I think this is one of the reasons why Ben and I are so like passionate about tabletop games and talking about it and bringing it to uh, bringing it to an audience. Mm-hmm. Well, take I mean take the take the complexity of something like say I know it's been sounding daft, but something like Love Letter. Yeah. Where you've got four people all sitting around the table. At any mm-hmm. three points, there's probably one person that's you know there's one person that's worried that they've actually got the highest card, the princess card. You've got a couple mm-hmm. of people that are wondering, do they play, you know, do they play the guard card and try and throw somebody out, or do they try and negotiate or lie with somebody else? I can't, I don't think, or I've not seen a video game based around such a simple premise where you're kind of trading back and forward, but potentially you've got the 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 capability to knock somebody out so so kind of quick and simple mm. and i think you know it, yeah but it, i mean like, I, I i've played um i've played things like texas holdem online um because mm. I, I i don't know if you ever played red dead redemption yeah. richard yeah uh, yeah because so you know you know obviously you could go into free roam mode and you could you could just sit down and play the 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 sort of pub games uh, with other players in the world and i i used to play things like texas holdem and, and liars dice and it's just not the same as playing a card game no with a group of people because it becomes too easy to lie yeah i think what yeah, what you're mm. working out you're obviously you're working out the tells or you're working out what's going to happen with the computer and right. then it becomes a statistical thing and then you can end up winning kind of seven seven times out of 10 because you know how to to almost cheat the program mm. itself you know but the other thing I prefer currently about tabletop over video games is the la- 
it's the continuing lack of imagination, not lack of imagination, but video games, you don't seem to be seeing too many new things. And because they're so expensive, they're almost going the same way as movies. In the mm. in that nobody you do get independent publishers, but you're not going to get say a massive publisher um, doing something like you know say doing um, you know doing a, what you would see in an indie like a little nightmares type game. I couldn't imagine yeah. a huge mm. publisher doing that. Whereas board games, if you think about it, we've got um, really really big heavy hitters out there that are just taking risks and releasing kind of any type of game at all once they've been established once they're kind of publishing I mean I was looking I got um, I got kind of Dinosaur Island um, delivered which is um, John Gilmore's kind of latest effort mm. but it's a complete you know it's a build your own Jurassic Park kind of manage that yeah. and it's like the last time I saw something like that I mean if you're in The Sims or something like that then that's fine and that's well established I couldn't really imagine a kind of a Dinosaur Park management sim coming out from a relatively well-known, you know, designer, video game designer, deciding Mm -hmm. to take kind of that level of risks. I mean, we can cite Mario Odyssey and say, well, but Mario Odyssey, that's that's innovative and amazing. It's like, well, technically it's a Mario game and they've just decided to introduce a, a much more interesting mechanic in terms of the hat. It's not like he's come out with a completely different game kind of all together that completely yeah. throws the IP into something else. And that's what continues to excite me about um about the world of tabletop. Is mm-hmm. that if I, you know, um <clears throat> especially if I look on say like Kickstarter, you've got um Newspeak that's come out today and I'm dating this. I saw that, yeah. You know, inside the box board games and I'm looking at that and going, Well what is it? And it's like, well it's a game about code breaking. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well give me two more sentences about what it's about and it's like I can't explain it in two sentences. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's good. That's excellent. I want that in a tabletop. I don't want somebody being able to, you know, I think at the point where where, um, tabletop games become so generic that you're able to maybe explain new concepts in just one sentence is when they're, you know, they're veering towards kind of like maybe becoming a bit more restricted. You know, like say, I mean, I don't know if you guys have, I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn, yeah? Mm-hmm. Now I could say it's an open world, third person, kind of um, third person exploration game with mechanical dinosaurs, and you kind of know exactly what that is. But if mm-hmm. you're trying to explain, well, you know, Dinosaur Island, well, it's it's a worker placement game where you're also kind of trying to develop rides through worker placement, through resource management, through buying cars, through and then you have to kind of go into a bigger explanation. I, I'd love to see... It's the same with Newspeak. I have no idea what that game is about, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to read a paragraph to find out kind of what it's like. And that's yeah. kind of what excites me about kind of, kind of tabletop. At the moment, though, guys, what's been exciting you in the world of tabletop? There's a segue. <laughs> Yes. Uh, well, um, I, I mean, we've just we've just uh, come out of uh, Christmas, and I'm I'm a December birthday uh, birthday as well. So what, what day? I've I've got I've got a ton of nerdy stuff to play with. What? Wait, um, when's your birthday roughly? Uh, it was uh, December 9th. Oh, mine's so mine's the twenty first. So 
Oh, oh, you're you're much closer to Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do do you have to do you have to yell at people who try and give you a birthday and Christmas present joined as one? I no, generally don't speak to those people anymore. Uh, Yes, uh, (laughs) I don't need that kind of negativity (laughs) in my life. Exactly. (laughs) It's not like I come along give you one present because your thing's close to Easter. Here, have a Cadbury's cream egg because you're born in April. There you go. How about that yeah. for you? Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah. let's see, let's see. So uh, we've got quite a lot of games workshop stuff. Um, it, Warhammer Underworld Shade Spire to give it its full title. Yeah. Uh, we have been playing a lot of it. We're actually off to Common Ground Games in Sterling this Saturday. So to... that'll be Saturday the twenty seventh. Oh yeah. yeah okay. Uh, yeah, Saturday yeah, the twenty seventh. Yeah. Uh, to uh, to because we're we're in a meta game of two people at the moment, yeah. Ben and I. <laughs> so it'll be, in, uh, but we're both really enjoying that. Um, well, I, it's, uh, the the thing that that's quite good about it is that um, l- lately you'd been playing a lot more Magic, mm-hmm. and I'd been playing a lot more Age of Sigmar. And this feels as though it's sort of bridging it's the kind gap. Of like the, yeah, the, the, yeah. the mix yeah. of the two because you've got you've got the miniature. Game, but then you've got the deck building alongside mm. it. So, what, what if if you've um, if you haven't seen it, what the deck, uh, what the game is? It's an arena combat game uh, based on hexes, and you'll choose a fixed war band. So, um, undead, for example, or orcs, or whatever. Now, your fighters are set in stone. You have to take whatever yeah. the fighters are. What you can uh, alter and tweak are the decks. You've got two decks. You've got a deck of objective cards. Mm-hmm. So, quite simply, do the thing it says on the card. You score some points yep. uh, for doing that. And then you've got your power deck as well, which is full of upgrades for your fighters that you can buy throughout the game, or ploy cards, which uh, will say do a certain thing. Yeah, for, like na- yeah. nasty little tricks and things you yeah. can play that interact with your and characters. It, and it's building those decks uh, is where you can sort of leverage advantages over an opponent or just just absolutely fall apart. I, I, I'm not sure if I'm in the right direction uh, with uh, with what I've built, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we'll find out more on Saturday. Uh, yep. <laughs> is it, I think it's got a large meta game. I mean, because magic is all about... I think magic is well, all about the, the magic... I think it's opportunity, isn't it? It's taking the deck yeah. that you have and making the best with it. Are you expecting mm-hmm. to get utterly dominated and destroyed at the weekend when you go and play? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> at least you're a realist. I, well, Ben's Ben's a lot more optimistic. I, uh, I on the other hand, uh, <laughs> start starting fully... at three and finishing at quarter past, kind of thing. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Do, do you read Penny Arcade? Yes, the I comic? have. Yeah, yeah there's. Yeah. Uh, they, they they do this one this one comic which was about War Machine, and it was one of the guys going to a gaming club with his War Machine list and going to one of the experienced players. All right, yeah, yeah. Let's have a look at your list. Oh, oh, you're taking that. <laughs> what about that? <laughs> no, I wouldn't have done. No, this list's terrible. Um, I. <laughs> And, and the character, the main character, just goes, "All right, shall we just call it there?" Yeah, good game, good game. <laughs> like, I, I'm kind of expecting a little bit of that, but we'll see. But that's, uh, do you know uh, what's fun about this? Is you know, often with Magic: The Gathering, uh, it's in standard. Quite often uh, in modern, 
almost all the time. You get very established meta games, so you know what deck yeah. you're supposed to be building. Yeah. With this, I don't know, and this is uh, part of the joy is sort of. Uh, uh, there's no way, no way that this uh, I can say this without it sounding cheesy. But part of the joy is discovering, yeah. right, for yourself what works, what doesn't. Uh, I, maybe I should do this, or should I do that? You know, uh, and that's what we're really enjoying yeah. about. I mean, uh, you, you've you've kind of got your awkward band down to a T. I think now. so. When I first approached the Orc War Band, I thought, all oh, right, okay, these guys are good at killing things. It's standard Orc fare. But there's actually quite a bit of nuance to all of the War Bands, I think, we've mm-hmm. discovered. And one of the things that the Orcs are really good at is uh, is just disrupting what the other players are trying to do. Ruining my plans. Yeah. yeah. So, which, which... No, you weren't supposed to do that! <laughs> Why have you done that? No. I think I think what's interesting is it depends how it develops because one of the things mm. I've seen about X Wing and the tournaments still go on is how do you keep it fresh and interesting once you've got that meta? Now with yes. X Wing, they keep releasing more and more ships to the point that they're kind of you know they're going to be releasing the little kind of hang glider that the Ewoks used in Return of the Jedi. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty I mean, sure. Well, I'm pretty I, I sure. mean, yeah. I, I, I know, knowing one thing about Star Wars, there is an endless iteration of X wings and Tie Fighters. So yeah. <laughs> they'll they'll still be I'm going sure for some different. years, but. Yeah. Uh, I would I would like to see the Ewoks in space. <laughs> Ewoks in space. That'd be so cool. As long yeah. as it wasn't kind of like like the um the terrible Ewoks cartoon that used to be aired you know, many, many I, years ago. I have never watched it. <laughs> save your, the, save your eyes and don't bother. You're not missing well, anything. It's almost as bad as the droids cartoon yeah. series it was everybody i mean everybody goes on about you know the star wars franchise went on for ages and there was all that there was a droids cartoon let's not even go near the caravan of courage live action mm-hmm. film where they had was it wicket talking oh yes. my days the, i mean uh, and the holiday the notorious holiday special as well the george <laughs> lucas has, has done a sterling effort of erasing all of that he from has. history he's totally brilliant uh, it's like george orwell it's like you know <laughs> the star wars the christmas star wars holiday special you know never existed it's never ever existed no that's just you know that's random footage you just pop the dvd in and the word redacted just comes up on the screen <laughs> if you can get it on dvd i don't know if they ever gave it the dvd or the blu-ray treatment i do um well they should as a quick i think i think um as a quick shout out my friends who uh, brian wade who runs the expanded universe cast if you are interested mm-hmm. in the star wars holiday special he covered it on a recent show and, oh wow! And so Leia sings at the end of it. Yes, she sings. <laughs> she, she sings, sings Star Wars, the Star Wars theme tune with words. <laughs> so oh, you no. know, I know, I know. It's, it's as awful as it sounds. <laughs> exactly. Chewie's got a kid called Lumpy. <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the 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 thing I I loved about it, like the the clip that I've seen was uh, a, a utterly dejected-looking Harrison Ford uh, <laughs> speaking to Chewbacca. All right, Chewie, we, we, we're on our way there. <laughs> yes, I know it's an important day. But... 
it's, yes. it's a, I watched like 10 minutes I watched the first 10 minutes and the first 10 minutes there's no dialogue in it because it's just the Wookiees barking at each other and you're meant to somehow what? kind of get an idea of what they're talking about because they're going yeah. and you're like going what? what? <laughs> but that is the whole thing the whole way through but you know obviously maybe we'll might see um, some of the maybe they might do an X-Wing Star Wars holiday special and bring back bring bring, bring back, back the, bring uh, back Lumpy flying like a Millennium Falcon or something like that because that would be fantastic no my point awesome. is we'll see is Shade Spire, is it the type of thing where they're going to be able to release... Are you going to get different decks? I mean, this is where... Yeah, it... so it, it, they've done it in the style of a living card game, much like uh, the recent iteration of Netrunner or the Game of Thrones card game, where it's not booster packs. Yeah. Uh, you just buy an expansion and the cards are in there. But it's, it's kind of somewhere between that and X-Wing. Isn't it? Yeah, because... it kind of feels a bit like that. Because yeah. um, so you, you basically you'll uh, you'll buy your war band, uh, and there'll be a certain number. They they usually have like a pre-made deck, yeah. in there, yeah. and then some extra cards. So like ha- half of the deck is specific to that war band, mm-hmm. and then the other half you could uh, mix and match with any other war band. And it's actually um, for Games Workshop, uh, pretty affordable pricing. The uh, war bands are seventeen pound fifty each. No way. Right. So yeah, and then, you know you get. Uh, I mean, the the undead one you get seven models Which, in. Considering like space marine captains are like twenty quid yeah, nowadays, right? So, yeah. so you know, and it, it, that that's quite a good buying proposition as a like as a, as a consumer. I'm now thinking, oh well, I may as well just get each war band as it comes out and yeah. just give them a go. And then I've got some spares around if uh, yeah. someone fancies trying it. Yeah, you know? I think, and I'm probably going to spend a lot more as a consequence. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of going back to the whole microtransactions, isn't it? Mm. I mean, they've you know we're all kind of shouting and screaming at video games and microtransactions, but if you think about Magic the Gathering, Magic the Gathering, I things I, like that, I maintain know? Magic the Gathering invented the microtransaction. <laughs> I, 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 DLC. I, someone so, someone's probably gonna get in touch and correct me on this, but I think Magic the Gathering. Well, I mean, it is the first uh, collectible trading card game, so yeah. it was the first one that came up with the idea of the booster pack. It is. It is a loot box. That really cheap. That really cheap little. Uh, yeah, it is. It's a loot box. Um, and you, you get, I mean, there's there's some channels on YouTube that are just guys opening packs of Magic the Gathering cards and seeing what they open and probably wasting so much money. But there's yeah. that Except guy the, that opened the black, was it the Black Lotus card? There's that yes, famous video I, 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 actually, I actually subscribe to his channel. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, uh, Vintage Magic. Oh, uh, and it's... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, I remember seeing that it's it. It's so funny though because uh, he he wears like the latex gloves because he's he's opening a, a pack of Alpha and as which, a pervert, obviously. Yeah, I, the latex gloves had nothing to do with the cards. It just happened to have them on. What he was doing? What he was doing? Yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry, and, these are still on. I'm busted oh, forgot to take them yeah. off. Oh, oh well. Oh, well. <laughs> Beyond the point, road, no return now. Um, <laughs> and, and you can... Because before it, he opens a card called uh, Tropical Island, which uh, is quite an expensive card in its uh-huh. own right. Yeah. Uh, that that An alpha Tropical Island probably goes like thousands, but uh, he opens the Black Lotus, which uh, at the time was valued 
I think the 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 most recent Alpha Lotus that was in pristine condition sold for something like thirty thousand dollars at that point, and he's obviously aware of this because you can see at the moment he realizes what the he's opened, shaking. the hands the hands yeah. all over the place, <laughs> right? Uh, and uh, who can blame him if you hold if you're holding uh, what is effectively the the value of like a mid priced car in your hands? <laughs> You'd be terrified. Yeah, do you know um, what would be terrified is the fact if this was 25 years ago, you'd be holding in your hands the price of a decent one-bedroom house. <laughs> I mean, Someone, uh, well, I, that's depressing. Yeah, well, uh, I, I mean, I, I remember reading this post. This was actually 10 years ago. Uh, it was a, We're, we're going to get off topic here, but uh, I'm assuming no, this is there fine. Is, there, is no, there is no show notes. Yeah. yeah. These aren't the show so, notes you're looking for. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I was I was down. Uh, I was visiting a friend of mine in, in Seven Oaks, down in Kent, uh, and in the train station they had a poster. It was shelter, and uh, they it said if the price of chicken had inflated at the same rate that the price of property has inflated, a whole chicken would cost you forty pound from a supermarket. Now, that's absurd. Is that with like, the, is that with the coleslaw? Because <laughs> the um, coleslaw, I mean, especially if you get the nice creamy stuff, I'm talking about Tesco's finest. I mean, that's a couple of clips, yeah, yeah, you know. I right. Mean, but at the end of the day, it is still just cabbage, onion, and mayonnaise. That's really what? nice. It's really. You mean really I nice can make cabbage. this myself? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought it just. I thought it just somehow came in those pots. I, th- <laughs> I thought it grew on trees. I thought you yeah. kind of connect it, collect it from the underside of certain trees. You just got coleslaw and they used to farm no, it. No, it's yeah. like, no, you get coleslaw mines. <laughs> slaw mine. mines. Yeah. So <laughs> coleslaw f- uh, fracking is a huge problem now. You know, particularly in the northwest of England. Yeah. I, I mean, that's well, a good, I, mean I, hear, I hear Bez from the Happy Mondays was <laughs> running for Parliament to protest it. Stop coleslaw fracking. I mean, we all like coleslaw. <laughs> <laughs> but enough is enough. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. You're right, um, um No, you've yes, lost it, we've gone. No, I know, yeah, yeah, we're, Shade spy. Uh, we're, we're, is it, it's good. You're about to get destroyed at Shade Spire. Um, I'm about to get. I'm a, We're about to get. I'm about to get my teeth kicked in at Shade Spire. Ben is uh, about to kick to, someone's teeth in yeah, at Shade Spire. Possibly mine. Um, but we're going to enjoy it though. It's. Uh, I'm now going to get fun. destroyed for because <laughs> it's on. Yeah. I'll tell you what. We'll release. <laughs> you, we'll release you, the episode after. What happens? There we go. Save save some pride. Exactly. So, you Um, know, you can say, what we can do is if you record, you can just record right now, I'm going to win really convincingly. And then if you're going to record and say, I'm going to lose really convincingly. And then what I can do is if you send me a message on the day of what actually happened, then I can cut that bit in. So there we go. It's, it's it's like a choose your own adventure uh, (laughs) uh, in the form of a podcast. Go on page 142. Sorry, right. you've died. Um, no, 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 back, 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 back. I don't go down the well. I don't go down the well. Ah, there we go. Cheat, cheater Josh. <laughs> Choose your own adventure games. Uh, oh, evidence man. gathered and uh, in conviction uh, found, basically. Am I, uh, am I, am I on the trial? You pretty much. Did you, I, bet, oh. I bet you're the type of person you, you kind of, you four-fingered a book, basically. 
that you had like the original page you started yep. on and then you had the three or four choices and you would read the three or four choices and then decide from there which one you were going to go, didn't you? Pretty but, much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> shocking behaviour. Shocking behaviour. What, um, what else you looking what else you looking forward to? What else are you interested in? Did you ever make a decision on the Gloomhaven question? Because I know you kind of brought it up in one of the recent episodes, which was the Paris Syndrome episode. And if you've not listened, give it a listen. See, I told you I listened. But yes. um you basically I'm, I'm <laughs> you ba- you basically gave the um you basically kind of put the situation that um you weren't sure about Gloomhaven if it was going to actually live up to the hype because it has been so hyped. Absolutely, I think you know Isaac yeah. I think Isaac released a he released an update on the um he released an update in a general oh no his general newsletter actually um he said it's, and he's no, he's late, kind of releasing his latest Happy New Year newsletter. But he says, "I can't believe it. I've achieved what I always wanted in my life, which was to be number one on the kind of the mm. the track for Board Game Geek, which is an achievement. So well done for that. But yeah, absolutely. obviously. Your question was, um, if you're spending a hundred and thirty quid on a game, how good does a game have to be to warrant yeah. that amount? I mean, is it worthwhile? I mean, from okay, as a quick aside, guys. I mean, in the game, I'm not. We've not talked about sizes of game collections. I'm assuming that you've both got reasonable size collections, at least maybe about twenty five games. I, I, I would, I would say we're we're the comfortably in the midpoint. Right. Okay. Yeah. We're not. But, we're not like but, some some friends of ours. I know have. But I mean, we're well, almost. Well, I, I was going to say, if you count the Warhammer stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, it, that's it's, fair. it's a lot. Um, I mean, uh, I, I know some guys where we're, we're approaching intervention stage. Yeah. Now, <laughs> with, <laughs> with 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 uh, buying habits, but um, we we still haven't we still haven't tracked down a copy of Gloomhaven. And yeah, I, I I mean, unless anyone knows otherwise, uh, all I've seen now is the the sort of eBay scalpers, people yeah. like that. Where I was they, just going to say, that way up past that one hundred and thirty. I, be, I, I, I believe you have to give up a kidney to to oh, get yeah. one, and me and Ben are. Kind Kind of locked in some weird game of chicken now. You know, we really want to play Gloomhaven. Do you need both? Do you need both kidneys? Uh, this is it the was question, on Chaos Cards, I think. I think I saw it because I got an alert. Because I, I was in the same thing. I got an alert. I mean, mm. ages and ages ago. Because I think what happened was a lot of retailers went, yep, I'm going to kind of put in my order for Gloomhaven and then with the stocking issues and everything like that mm-hmm. um, they just, you know they Gloom, I mean it's really really successful they didn't have enough stock to hang hang, hang around so they had to kind of um, cancel some pre-orders for some people but it was on Chaos Cards for about £140. There's part of me that's sitting there thinking I don't need it because Colin's got a copy and yes. The worst thing the situation is is that it is the typical. It's a typical D and D campaign. Mm. It is not a game that I reckon you can get to the table and play once. I mean, me and Colin, we played um, we played Catacombs and Castles. We played Elzer games, and we gushed about mm-hmm. it. It was fantastic, and I played it at the weekend with the kids, and they thought it was an awful lot of good fun. I'm probably going to get to the table an awful lot more times because it's just it's a game that's clicked. It's a lot of fun. And it's really easy to play. Mm. Then things like Dice Forge, I'm like, yeah, I can kind of get that to the table. One of the things that put me off Gloomhaven is 
it's the commitment. It's like, can I get three or four people together with their characters? And I like the fact you can put your characters in a box and you can keep all their skills so you can bring them out what's necessary. But generally the thing that kind of kills off a lot of Dungeons and Dragons games is people just having to turn around and they can't commit. They've got to, you know, they've got yeah, to quit. So it, it, it is gargantuan as well. It's worth saying with Gloomhaven, ah, so it takes huge. a long time to set up. Yeah. It it's... Um, Sorry, on you go, Richard. Yeah. I was going to say, it's huge. Colin, like, says, he said, because the last time we recorded, he says, I says, um, he says, so, okay, is that your head enough? Yep. Show me the box. Gonna see the box. And he brought out the Gloomhaven box. Now, there's big boxes out there, but I think mm-hmm. what you're not prepared for in Gloomhaven is the actual height of the box. You're looking at something which is a decent toolbox size. I mean, you could get a hammer and you could get a saw and you could get a, a very, very respectable <laughs> DIY set inside a Gloomhaven box because the yeah. box is huge. We've, um, yeah, it's. Uh, I've seen it on reviews and it's it's as tall as it is. Why it's a cube, yeah. not a box. No, it's like, big. Uh, it's it. And it's funny you say that because I I feel the same way about uh, Twilight Imp- the Twilight Imperium games. Yeah. Uh, they totally the sort of game I would love to play, but in the back of my mind I've got hundred and thirty quid. takes takes about six hours to play a game. Yeah. Are you gonna Are you gonna sink that money and play it once? I mean that's and, yeah. I mean that's what concerns me. As you and unfortunately, unfortunately, being an adult sucks, right? Yeah. Uh, we, we have to do this work thing, I know. Uh, and then and then we've got bills to pay and a mortgage till rent to pay, and uh, you know you you have to be you have to be smart with your time and with your money. Well, it's, uh, it's even like I, I was showing you a few of the kickstarters that are on just now, really, mm-hmm. right before we came on the the podcast, uh, Josh. And uh, one of the ones that looks really interesting is one that you've probably... I don't know if you've maybe seen it, Richard Nemesis. Yes. Which, it, it looks kind of like, a, a, you know, in my my crude uh, uh, dialect, I would describe it as almost like an amalgamation of the Evolve video game and Space Hulk. Mm-hmm. Yes, something no, like that. yeah, yeah, it looks absolutely yeah. like that. It's, you know, the... It's kind of interesting that you do the explore mechanics, so you've got tiles on there and you explore, yep. and then you've got the ability for people to be kind of, um, you know, the ability for people to be infected and to become kind of bad guys, and mm-hmm. the miniatures and everything are there, and um, I jumped in, and um, and then I jumped out again. And do you know what? I, I kind of thought about it, and then I, I kind of went, I... I'm having to be, I don't know, I'm getting to the point where, see, last year it was kind of like I was chucking a buck in a lot of places and just keeping up with the campaign and then I kind of jumped in with a couple of things, but not an awful lot. Mm. And this year I'm kind of thinking, I'm still interested to see what's happening, but I'm also mm-hmm. kind of going to be strict and just kind of pull back a bit, you know. Um, it, there's a big enough group, there's enough people that I know that if I really, really want to play a game, I'm probably going to be in the situation where somebody else will have it, somebody will fall back yeah. and I'll get a hold of it. 
And unfortunately, I know of a lot of people that have got Kickstarters that have just stayed on the shelf, that they haven't played them, they've got them through. It's almost like the excitement of taking part in the campaign is enough for them at the time. And then Mm. once it wears off and once it goes away, I mean, Seventh Continent. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that Seventh Continent's such a buzz. You've got to see this game. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It's never going to be coming anywhere except Kickstarter. you got to jump in with both feet. And I just passed it by because I thought, do you know what? That's a big commitment for me. It's a big commitment yeah, yeah. for something I can't guarantee I've got to play. Kind of well, ne- well, Nemesis, I mean, it's not quite as expensive as Twilight Haven. Oh, sorry, Twilight Haven. <laughs> we <laughs> we just mashed yeah, the two together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not It's not as expensive as uh, Twilight Imperium or, or Gloomhaven, but um, I looked at the, the, the lowest pledge because uh, I'm a cheapskate. Um, hmm. And it was like a £70 minimum if you actually wanted to get Actually, something. get the game. Yeah. And then I looked at the shipping. It was like twenty five pounds. So it's because because this is the thing that uh, that's quite annoying with Kickstarter is that a lot of the time you don't actually know how much shipping you're going to pay until the end of the thing, yeah, and like okay. sometimes depending on where it comes from, you can almost end up paying as much in shipping okay. as you do for the item. Right. Let's let's touch on that for a second because um, part of my job is I. I um, I help businesses with logistics and mm-hmm. shipping and a lot of Amazon, and the reason that um, and the reason that board game companies and, and general companies are stepping away from the free shipping or shipping included option on the likes of Kickstarter, and even in some ways in Amazon, is that if you <clears throat> if you pick a funding target of say fifty thousand pounds. And you're including shipping in your pledge, then Kickstarter will take a cut of that whole fifty thousand pounds. Ah, yeah. So if you're trying to get a good deal on shipping, if you say if you say to people, right, okay, it is, you know, if you say to somebody, it is seventy pounds for the base pledge and it's twenty five quid for the, say it's twenty five quid for the shipping. You say, okay, that's ninety five pound. That's that's you know that's a that's a huge chunk. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that Kickstarter are taking a slice of that ninety-five pounds, mm-hmm. which includes the 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 contribution towards the shipping. I see yeah, it on yeah. Amazon all the time. Is that any time that you see somebody saying, "Oh, you should offer you should offer free shipping," and the reason that you see so many people still saying, you know, if you want to buy, say, Dice Forge on Amazon, you'll get some people that will sell it at twenty-five quid. You'll get some people that will sell it at twenty twenty-two quid plus three pounds shipping. And the reason the guys mm-hmm. sell it at twenty two quid plus three pound shipping is because they don't get a charge by Amazon for the three pound shipping. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah, why that makes sense. It. So that's why they built. So that's why it's yeah. built it in. So yes, I can see. You know the the kind of the consumer part of me thinks, but I'm pledging seventy quid for this, but you're going to lop another twenty five quid, and I don't know when because this is another conversation about pledge managers and when they charge people and. Some people aren't set on when they charge and they keep it kind of like a floating thing. Mm. So that somebody will say, oh, we're definitely shutting the pledge manager down in the middle of February. But mm-hmm. then what they realise is that they're still getting a strong enough level of orders up to the 10th of February. So they say, well, we'll tell you what, we'll keep it open for another couple of weeks. So people end up in the situation where maybe they don't know when they're getting charged. And I think that's yeah. going to be part of the annoyance. So I can, from a business point of view... I can totally see why people charge for their shipping after the Kickstarter because 
potentially if that 25 quid is essentially almost 22% of what you're taking on Kickstarter. Yeah. Mm. Oh no, I, I mean, I, I appreciate that, it, that it's another overhead for them, but it, it, it for me it was uh, the reason that I oh yeah declined to, to jump in on oh, the, yeah, the totally, Nemesis totally. Kickstarter was I, I'm already paying 70, and, and to be fair they, they were quite upfront about what they wanted to charge for shipping mm-hmm. and yeah, it's 95 for board games quite a lot it is, it's when you get start to justify it. I suppose Games Workshop have always got away reasonably with it because I guess nine times out of ten when you're looking at a Games Workshop piece, you're always you're looking at it in a retail store. So when you're looking at Age of Sigma and you're looking at 75 quid, I guess you can get it there and then. And maybe mm-hmm. that's the Kickstarter thing. Maybe that is the Kickstarter effect is that when you're pledging for an item, you're not necessarily pledge paying for it there and then. Yeah, we very early on in the podcast, we did an an entire episode discussing a Kickstarter, and this is exactly one of the points we make. I think a lot of people don't realize you're not buying a product when you pledge for something in Kickstarter. You were investing in something, and in terms of uh, consumer protection, very different implications for that. They're not they're not guaranteed to give you that product anymore. I mean, they often do if mm-hmm. they meet if they meet their funding requirements. But you hear plenty of stories of Kickstarters that go. I mean, well, Ben, you've experienced this firsthand. Kickstarters yeah. that go wrong, and you just that's it. That's your money gone, and it's you've got no recourse. Very because, frustrating as well. Yeah, you've yeah. got no recourse. So, and look, Kickstarters a great thing. Right, it's provided uh, it's provided an opportunity not just for tabletop game designers, but video game designers, film creators. You know, anyone in the sort of creative. It's been a bit of a, a double edge, though, hasn't it? Well, because yeah. At the same time, like you, you do. I mean, we 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 obviously understand that, uh, as you said, uh, when you support a Kickstarter project, you're not buying that item. But at the same time, the problem is. Companies like uh, Cool Mini or not have fudged the lines there. Yeah, by absolutely. by essentially using Kickstarter as a pre-order service. And I uh, I I really question. Um, I don't. Kickstarter wasn't meant for the likes of Cool Mini or not. Maybe when they were starting. Well, I mean, the name says it all. It's it's for like small independent businesses yeah. to to get them started. A big publisher like Cool Mini or not does have enough It's money really to... interesting because um, Fantasy Flight with their recent uh, release of uh, Twilight Imperium uh, they uh, they were uh, considering using Kickstarter mm-hmm. and uh, decided against it. They, uh, they ultimately came to the conclusion Kickstarter is not for us. We're one of the big boys in this industry. Yeah, but was it not also the case? Was there not? Um, was there not the thing about the kind of the the magic alike that kind of was hit Kickstarter earlier on this year or last year? Sorry, twenty seventeen, which the mm. funding budget was like something about two hundred grand. I mean, they were looking for money and then some because I think they were gonna. You know, it was going to be a new fantasy card game in a similar vein to kind of what was what was the what was the name of it? I can't remember because I looked at it and I just went. See this right? before? <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. I think it, it. I think it had the intentions of seeing. Let's test the market and see if the market would hold it up. Mm. And I think that all they got in the comment section was, 
um, you'll never you'll never even touch two hundred grand. You'll not even get near two hundred grand. So I think I don't know no, if they I pulled mean, the plug in it. I remember watching was, it and saying this will be interesting kind of thing. Yeah, if that was their first Kickstarter, I have no idea what they were thinking. I don't know if it was. I think it was All just right. a case of them trying. Um, Trying something and seeing if it would um, seeing if it would stick and yeah, seeing what see the general kind fly. of kind of interest is. Um, I've had it's really strange because I've been on the double. I've been on both sides of this. I've um, I've obviously mm-hmm. I've had um, good old uh, David Carl from Steamforge Games. He's been on the show and Steamforge. Mm-hmm. All they have done is always been um, <clears throat> kind of they've done a lot of Kickstarter. Oh yeah, you know I had Matt Gilbert from Mantic Games, and they, you know, obviously everything that they've done has also mm-hmm. been, you know, the King Saga, you know, the Dungeon Saga, their, you know, their um, their latest one, um, Star Saga. That was all a Kickstarter event, so mm-hmm. it's kind of strange because you hear to them and they're saying we desperately, well, you know, some of them say well we desperately would like to move to a retail. Um, to kind of like a retail model, a distribution model, like Jamie Stegmaier did with Charterstone. You know, mm-hmm. that's a, uh-huh. you know, you can hand stand up and salute everybody and say he did a, you know, he did a damn fine job in getting that game out the door and getting it in people's hands because it seems to be a success. But I think people like um, Mantic, Matt Gilbert and Mantic said, listen, they'd love to go down the retail model, but the different, the, the, the risk involved, especially if you're doing miniatures and stuff like that, um, yes, you usually have money in the bank, but then I guess the difference between Kickstarter, him hitting Kickstarter and him hitting retail is if they've got to make twenty thousand copies, they're making twenty thousand copies out of their own pocket. I guess. Yeah. Well, that that's it. It completely eliminates the the risk yeah. on the part of the publisher. So I, I do understand, and uh, uh, and like you're saying as well, when you start to factor in miniatures, right away your production costs shoot way way up. Oh yeah, so yeah, totally. it, it it it's a real grey area, I think, because it's mm. you know on the one hand, part of me is like you know, you know, cool many or not, I've been churning games out over this past two years, uh, sometimes uh, eclipsing some of the smaller projects. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen. Um, I I mean, I joked with. Um, I had. Uh, who did I have? I've and recently a couple of episodes we were talking about kind of um, kind of hate coming out, mm-hmm. and um, you know the joke being that anybody that was thinking about releasing a Kickstarter in the first you know month of January was going to be up against something like that. But you know, I guess you you build to your audience. There's always going to be a CMON audience that are there ready to throw money at it. It's interestingly enough that hate itself has come up under a bit of fire of people saying, well, this is just a two-player game where the other two players have to sit out and wait their turn. Where's the kind of the fun in that? So mm. I've already kind of, kind of covered that. I don't know. Would splitting Kickstarter into two camps, would that work? I don't know if it I, would. I, I don't know if it would. And I think this is the thing that you do have to accept that there is this double edge to Kickstarter. That where it does provide, uh, you know, br- brand new, fresh-faced creators a place to to launch the product. At the same time, I think you maybe do have to let the 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 big fish in to to get their yeah. their share of the market. Um, well, and and re- like you're saying as well, at the same time, it it, it does mean that 
it's eliminating the risk there, so it, it means that you're still getting good games out of it, but I, just when you're talking about hate there, um, it, it's one that I was quite interested in, because I have read the graphic novel, right. and, be, and being a huge Warhammer nerd, I'm a big fan of Adrian Smith's artwork, because mm-hmm. he did all the old Warriors of Chaos yes. art. Um, but I, I, I think that making hate Kickstarter exclusive uh, it it crosses the the boundary out of the grey area, and mm-hmm. I think that that's wrong mm. because it's to, it's totally feeding that fear of missing out that that verges on addiction for some people. Yeah, it's a lot of money, and also um, going back to the kind of the, the the video game kind of comparison is they they have a tendency to kind of have DLC day one DLC available for their game which they slice off in the format of expansions and then charge extra money for it. And on Mm -hmm. video games, that's something that gets screamed out by editorials and and thought pieces and stuff like that about how can a video game company, you know, spend obviously the programming time and design time and, and then at the end of it, carve it off and then sell it off as a kind of a day one DLC extra exclusive kind of give us some more money thing. And yet, on the other side, board games seem to be doing quite well with kind of getting away with it for the moment. <laughs> but we'll see. The press in uh, the sphere of tabletops a lot less well established. Yeah. I think is I fair think, to say. I think they're. Ge- I think they're. They're gentler. I think they're still finding their teeth, and I also mm. think that the difference. Okay, here's the difference between the video game press and the board game press is the barrier for entry when people were going to be part of the video game press was so much higher because you had to have a magazine you had, and then mm-hmm. websites came in after that. In terms mm-hmm. of the board game press, I mean, you've got tabletop gaming magazine. Um, any other, you know, there isn't any others. I mean, most maybe of the Geek and Sundry. That's about it. Yeah, yeah, and then and uh, dude, can you even count White Dwarf anymore? I mean, nah, for I mean, for all yeah. for for all that they are putting it's, in, it's we, an we were, publication. Yeah, so. we were we were, we were applauding them for uh, starting with the short stories again, but ultimately, as you say, Ben, it's an in-house publication, so it's yeah, <laughs> it's but not going to be the best very, for a critical biased, eye. Yeah, yeah. 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 and um, at the moment, with all these people finding their feet, do you really want to be the guy? You know, would we be the guy that would stand on the parapet and shout out? You know, actually. Charterstone, it's pretty rubbish. I don't like mm. it. It's too cutesy because we're still finding our critical feet with board game media. I think there's still few people that want to put their head above the parapet and be really, really stick their claws into something without having a bit of a backlash. Well, part, and I think part of the it, problem is yeah. that um, because it's such a small community, we all know each other. Yeah, I know. And you're, you're more likely to be sensitive towards someone that you actually care about as a person whereas yeah. a lot of the time if you're reviewing a video game you're like I don't know these people this well, is it's, trash it's cool yeah. <laughs> I mean let's face it you know you're still I mean I can email I can email John Gilmore today mm-hmm. and say alright mate how's it going just got a copy of Dinosaur Island here um, just wanted you to know it's like this 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 and this and you'll have a conversation about it video mm. game stuff it's it's Pete. They've got PR. They've got the wall of PR there. So if I wanted to kind of like you know I can't email Shigeru Miyamoto and tell him listen, 
um, that Mario Odyssey, mate, top stuff. You know, it'll go mm-hmm. through it'll go through the Nintendo PR machine, probably a UK PR machine, and you know there'll be no direct contact with the developer. So yeah, you're completely right. There still is that kind of there's still that kind of content. I mean, speaking of content, mm-hmm. what? Okay, two questions. Okay, what? What moves you from kind of obviously playing the games for because it's you know you obviously you guys certainly you've known each other for for quite some time now. Um, what made you decide actually? You know what? Let's let's go out there and um, and make yourselves a pocket. Obviously, apart from the fact there was like you know there was two other bits of competition in Scotland out there. One of them, <laughs> no, none of them, neither of us have spoken to. And then you were going up against us. You must have listened and went, this is easy. We'll corner the Scottish market. We'll even take it. We'll bring an Englishman in as well. Yeah, we even that, that's our niche. We'll add insult to injury. No, I think, um, I mean, for me, we, we had talked about doing this sort of thing. Uh, we, we've talked about doing it endlessly. It was uh, we, we, uh, a while back. It was going to be a Warhammer only podcast, and then it kind of we, we, we you know we, we, it was one of these things where we talked endlessly about doing it, but never actually did it. And I think it's Charlotte who does all of our um, all of our social media and uh, Ben's wife. Yeah. She actually uh, brought the Blue Yeti mic from her office, mm-hmm. uh, from where she works in, and just said, "Right, do it." So we did it. Yeah. <laughs> we well, did, I mean, we hats, did, there was hello to Charlotte as well. Hats off to her because she does a sterling job of keeping you boys in check. Obviously, absolutely. And um, I, I, I don't mind admitting, uh, the first time I started to feel a little old was when I first heard about Twitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that was 10 years ago right so I wasn't even that old at that point but even then I was like I don't get this oh I'm getting on <laughs> but but Charlotte Charlotte's do, does an amazing job of uh, looking after our Twitter feed and, social media mogul yes yeah. uh, looks after all the medias uh, for us but no it, to be honest there wasn't an awful lot of foreplanning Really, we kind of we got the mic. We yeah. uh, we knew we were going to talk a bit about guys. It, it, it feels like ages ago now, but we were talking about uh, the lawsuit that was being taken out against Games Workshop yeah. by this uh, um, by this guy in Florida. Because uh, I think I think one of the things that we did decide quite early on um, was that um, we didn't want to emphasise doing reviews as much. No, because there's a lot of people doing reviews. There's a lot of people do it, and a lot of people do it well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. we, yeah, so we didn't want to get in on that to to the point actually. See, so we're quite guilty for uh, the gaming press not having its teeth because we we have played games where we've gone, this is bad, but let's not talk about because <laughs> someone someone's poured their heart and soul into this and to just trash talk it on the internet. At the uh, same time, though, that that they were playtests, exactly. Is, which yeah, is a, it's a whole different yeah. ballgame because there's a degree of confidentiality there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because it's a test build. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm slightly dreading the day that I get uh, handed a game where someone asks me to review it and I have to pan it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fortunately, the vast majority of the games we play have been. We've enjoyed them. Yeah, right? that's true. So, 
So that's that's lucky. <laughs> but is that is that not the case that you guys are still you're still buying the stuff yourself then? So you're obviously making in some cases a little bit of a buying decision. I mean we're the same. I mean I yeah. we get yeah. we occasionally um we get offered and I don't know if it's some kind of currency or what else we're missing out on, other free stuff, but we'll speak to people and they'll say, Oh, well give me your address and I'll send you a copy of the game and they're like, Well, no, that's that's not how it works. We don't kind of we will we'll speak to guys that are in the community and we'll speak to guys that are doing Kickstarters, but we'll never actually do a review of a game. You'll hear me yeah. and Colin talk about it, but when we talk about a game, it's kind of like it's not kind of it's kind of like first impressions usually because mm-hmm. usually it's not a case that we've gone in and we don't do a thorough review. We tell people what the game is like. We tell people what we thought about it. We don't go in and we say right, okay. Um, you need to definitely buy this. Except when we did Catacombs. <laughs> and I think yeah. there was a couple of... I think Whitechapel was maybe the other one where I just went, I, I love this, go out and get it immediately. Yeah, Whitechapel White is absolutely fantastic. That's one of we, Charlotte's we, favourites. We don't play that game enough, to be fair. Yeah. Um, that's just brilliant. Yeah, it's yeah. Brilliant. Um, we, I mean... I, I, we do. We we. I, I don't know. We talk about what we've been playing, and I suppose the closest thing we've come to a review was uh, when we were talking about Legendary. Yeah. Right. Because, but that was interesting because we had very different opinions on it. So it was. But it, I I think that's quite an interesting way of doing a review. Is mm. is rather than just having one person give their appraisal of it, is ha- have the perspectives of two different people. Of the same thing yeah. and how they differed and and how those people reacted to it because that the the fact of the matter is that we've probably all read a, a review where someone has absolutely panned a game that we actually quite liked or vice versa yeah yeah right. yeah. yeah I kind of um, I don't know I guess I'm I'm in the field of one by myself when I said I never got on with I never got on with terraforming Mars and I'm still to this day. I have to befuddled by the people by the absolute praise that it got because when I'm looking at I'm turning round right and I'll tell you what mm-hmm. I've, I've been gently I've got a lovely beautiful I usually put my um, my mic on top of a box mm-hmm. and to and today it's King Domino and I'm just looking at that and I'm just looking I'm, I'm and I'm, okay so it's not as involved as terraforming Mars okay but then mm-hmm. I'm looking at like I'm turning around here again and. Oh my goodness! If you could feel the weight of this beast, I've got dinosaur. I've got dinosaur. Well, there's dinosaur island here. It's got a UV finish on the box. Mm-hmm. You open it up. The production quality is fantastic. Did it have? Did did it have that new game smell? I'm I'm saving it for myself. I'm just gonna open it up slightly <laughs> and get a strong huff, breathe. Just gonna get it. Gonna give it a good huff. Oh yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> just like just like that. Ready and breathe. <gasps> And then, oh yes, that kind of thing. But yeah. terraforming Mars. One of the things that let me down is when I don't know. Am I assuming quality of components versus the quality of the game? I guess I am, based on all the hype and everything that I'd heard. Mm-hmm. Am I a snob for thinking that? A qual- I don't know. I don't. I didn't like it at the time. I didn't like the drafting mechanic in it. I didn't get the hype with it I mm-hmm. it turned into a runaway game at the end it didn't make any sense some of the rules weren't 
kind of, I guess, explained properly at the time. So that led to the final decisions where, where you were kind of like pitching to get extra points and stuff like that didn't kind of work out. I kind of what I what I ex I don't know. See when you're playing Whitechapel, yeah, yeah, and you're into like the second round, mm-hmm. and you've had a success. They've had a successful first run, and whether you're the police or whether you're Jack, you're kind of going. There's an atmosphere now. There's actually a definite atmosphere. There's yeah. a feeling between the police, the people in the police that play in the police, and the people that are playing Jack the Ripper. It's the same when you're playing Mysterium. You know, as I'm trying to figure this out, I don't know what's going on. It's the same when you were playing. You know, there's countless other games that we've played, like Clank, where you're like, you know, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get really involved. Mm-hmm. Terraforming Mars kind of. I don't know if I was just the mood I was in, but it was just the way it was explained, the setup, or just everything. I just sat there and went, I've got 50 million cards in front of me, and there's too many times where people were getting to the end of their turn and went, oh, I should have done. And not because, yeah. and let me get this straight, not because the game... Um, not because the game had they hadn't learned the rules or they hadn't been paying attention, the game made it very very tricky for them to pay attention. And there's mm-hmm. you read this on accessibility is the ability for somebody to be able to play a game and not maybe have to hold fifty million cards, but also be able to look at their the kind of the landscape of opportunity that they have in front of them and be able to kind of. I guess, plan and kind of do the best with what the resources that they've got in front of them. And there was too many times where I think people were almost overwhelmed. There wasn't an easy way. There wasn't a control on the resources. If they had laid that down and says, okay, rather than you have as many cards as you want, because people did end up having entire tableaus of cards, they were Mm. saying it's restricted to 10 and you can change in and change out kind of what you want. I just, you know... I don't know. It's my big rant. That's my so, thoughts on it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, a couple of things. I mean, we haven't played it. No. Um, however, looking at it and was that I was just about to say is a real sucker for theme and art styling games. It gives me cataracts just looking at it. Yeah, it's uh, we. I mean, uh, uh, th- we we differ on quite a lot of things in gaming, yeah. right? But one thing we both universally um, hold in quite high esteem is the aesthetics of a game. A game needs to look right. It needs to look good. Yeah. And Terraforming Mars, to me, look... It, do you know what really annoyed me? It was the stock photos on the cards. It's not just that, it's though. Just... Do, you, do you remember the old Heinemann textbooks that you got in maths? Yeah. That, it looks like a page from that. Right. Uh, yeah. So, it's just, so yeah. that that I mean, this is us never touching like the game at all. Uh, I have, I, I have heard mixed initial things initial about impressions it, are still valid though. Yeah, Because yeah. as much as people say never judge a book by its cover, you do. Mm-hmm. Everyone does. It's it's why art and design are so important to selling books and games. And it's such a visual, it's such a visual medium for a board game. I mean, let's face yeah. it. When you look at, say, like when people looked at Charterstone for the first time, I hate bringing it up. Charterstone, mechs versus minions. Oh my goodness! You look at that and you're just like, what? That's ridiculous. Let's out the window. And just mm-hmm. for a comparison, okay, just as a comparison, okay, 
Terraforming Mars was was selling for 65, 70 quid and you could pick up mechs and minions for less than that. Yeah, And that has minis in it as well. (laughs) And when you're putting that side by side and if people have, I'm taking the, 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 the Pepsi challenge on this, I'm taking, you know, the mechs versus minions box is a huge box, but what a box it is. I've never, I've never, I'm yet to play a game that runs over to you with the biggest, most comfortable jumper in the world and says, put that on, son. You put that, you put that on, you put, put that your, on, son. It's put big your feet and up. Come on. You know. on. And the next thing you know, it's rubbing your shoulders and say, look, we're going to play a game, but this is going to be the most easiest tutorial you've ever played in your life. And it has done such a fantastic job of doing that. So I'm comparing the two. And I can't, you know, I'm finding it kind of really, really difficult. So maybe mm. I'll give it another chance. But at the moment, I'm thinking, well, there's other games that I can play. You know, I've been in the same situation where I've put, you know, we've put Clank on the table and we picked that up within five minutes. Even Power Grid. I mean, you know, um, games, you know, Power Grid and, and, you know, Dice Forge and all these other games that I've put on the table and been absolute delights with really decent production values and I'm like I'm going to get them to the table again sorry guys yeah. I'm not going to leave kind of terra, terraforming Mars um, if something if something feels cheap uh, uh, like to hold you, mm-hmm. it's it, it that 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 immediately turns you off a game. It could be yeah. one of the greatest designs well, ever. I mean, but as, mu- if, as much as we have bashed them a bit in this uh, in this podcast, cool many or not have that down to a T. The presentation oh, yeah. thing, yeah, it's why they right. do so consistently well. Because mm-hmm. you just look at it and you think, I want that. That looks great. I don't yeah. care how it plays. I I want that. Even yeah. the even the Song of Fire and Ice stuff, though they obviously didn't have the license or decided to go against the license of using the likeness of the characters from the TV show, mm-hmm. they still had high enough production values on it, so it was based around obviously the descriptions from the books. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it looked kind of really, you know, it kind of looked kind of really really decent. But that's uh, that's very much on our radar this year. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I fell for that one hook, line and sinker. Yeah. I'm a huge yes. fan of the books yeah. uh, and a huge fan of wargaming so... Incidentally I do find it hilarious that uh, Fantasy Flight, uh, when did they first publish the first edition of the board game? Because it was, the, it was well before the TV show came out. I think it was 2002 that they first published yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. So can you imagine the Fantasy Flights accounts department like the moment <laughs> the moment that the moment that that hit, the HBO series uh, becomes a hit and they just see this line down the page at F just going like <laughs> It's just I don't know, it's just interesting to see if they're going to be bringing on, you know, what's going to happen in the in the future in relation to IPs are they going to start grabbing them because there's a lot of film you know um they're talking about the the thing being made into a board you know was made into a board game there was oh, the terminators that, on you know yeah. terminator one um dwarf hosted the batman board game uh-huh which i ran up and went whoa batman board game and then i realized it was kind of reskinned conan and i right. kind of went Mm. It's the same guys, isn't it? Yeah, it's the same around. guys. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. I'm, I'm kind of willing to keep the kind of the eye open for the for the future. What the about the f- what about the future for yourselves, though? I mean, are you you're obviously going to continue with the podcast, and you you bloody well should because it's a really, Thank really you. good. Yeah. Show. It's a really really good show, and it's a nice little kind of drive. It's it doesn't unlike us. It doesn't kind of 
well, we never we never overstay welcome anyway. We wait until people have talked themselves out and then <laughs> take them down, take them down in a flurry of abuse. Um, yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, is it not as a as a content creator? Is it natural for you to think about kind of more creations? Are you thinking about? you know, let's write some stuff down. Are you thinking about filming stuff? Are you thinking about doing kind of different films, you know, things with the podcast? I mean, I know you had, like, you had Mark on and you had the lovely Bez on as well. I mean, is there plans? Because there are guys that just, you do your thing, you plod along, Mm. and then the audience finds you. And we're lucky with that because that's what's happened to us. We've kind of plodded along done our thing and we've I've never kind of thought about kind of doing stuff <laughs> differently <laughs> we've been very very lucky with the people that we've had on yeah but um I don't know we've I mean talked... you've had you've, you've had quite a lot of like big names within gaming on the show which is very impressive so mm-hmm. um I mean for us uh, we, obviously we, we've always talked about it as being more of a gaming culture show mm-hmm. haven't yeah. we? which um would quite naturally translate well to a visual medium. The ambition is there to uh, to start filming. Obviously, that requires a pretty decent uh, investment. So, uh, obviously, it's something that we're we're gonna do in the future. Yeah. Uh, as as basically as and when one of us can afford to buy a decent <laughs> video camera. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, with, with something like that, well, you could you could do it on the mobile phone, right? But we don't really want to do things by half measures. If we no. if we're going if we're going to make the, that leap to uh, to video, we want to make sure we've got decent kit for mm-hmm. it as well. Absolutely, it's um, so funny because the bar the bar is raised. You know, people are. I heard some people saying, "Well, the barrier for entry," and I've said it myself. The barrier for entry for being a content creator is very very small. It's mm-hmm. very easy to pick up to get yourself a podcast host it's very easy for you to record using a free program it's really easy to stick a video on youtube but that's not where the money comes in the money comes in and making sure you've got a computer you can do the editing on making sure Mm -hmm. you've got a right mic to do it you Mm -hmm. know you might be on you might be using a podcast host but do you use the podcast host that automatically puts everything everywhere or do you use the cheap and cheerful one so i think exactly it's a barrier for entry that has kind of hidden. It has kind of hidden small, but ongoing costs, and mm. um, I think it does. It, I'm always amazed by the number of people that kind of start content, and then they disappear after about a year or two or something, and they were they seem to be doing very very well. But then I think they reach a point where they're like, well, hmm, I depend. It depends what you're doing. It's, I yeah. it so, some of them do get um, headhunted by different companies and end up going into PR there. I've seen I, that I, happen a I've few seen, times. I've seen yeah. that happen within like the Magic the Gathering uh, yeah. online community. I know that. Um, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, the, I've, I've completely lost my train of thought Like a total professional. <laughs> and this is... You realise this isn't getting edited out. It's going to be... I know, it's going to I'm, be a I'm, bit I'm where... Fully... I'm just going to cut in and say... And this is where the Englishman makes a mistake. Yay! Yay. <laughs> uh, we'll or them. just add awkward silence. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Um, or we just say, I just kind of voice over and say, 
and we had to cut this bit for extreme swearing. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I think you were saying the future, but I think you said the kind of like the the kind of the video type thing, and then Vi- I kind of video is the main thing. We've we've got other things. I mean, we're 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 going to start going to more conventions this year. We're planning on being at Aircon. Uh, UK Games Expo, Tabletop Scotland. We had Dave yep. from Tabletop Scotland on the show uh, yeah. the other week. I believe he's been uh, with you guys as well. Yeah, so finished, that's... just finished um, editing that little beauty. Nice. So that'll be going. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's shaping up to be a really exciting convention as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just you know, keep uh, just. I I would say uh, if. You, if anyone is trying to get into like podcast thing, is actually just just do it and just keep doing it. Yeah. Whatever you do, just have a schedule and stick to it. I I, w- I would also say that um, don't don't get into don't don't be discouraged from getting into podcasting because you think that someone is already doing something that is too similar to what you want to do, because what you bring to that community is as unique as as you are mm-hmm. you 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 have insights and opinions that no one else does and so you uh, you your voice and your opinions no matter who you are will always add something to that community so don't don't be discouraged because you think you're just going to be another clone of someone else and just yeah. be yourself be yourself yeah definitely yeah, you'll, you'll find your pace and you'll yeah. find your own you'll find your own particular kind of i guess story way of doing things which is yeah. always and it's always fun listening to, even listening to have you know three or four different content creators all talk about the same the same game or the same experience is always kind of interesting because you always kind of learn you always mm. kind of learn something mm-hmm. um oh my goodness look at that time <laughs> <laughs> we've uh, uh yeah no that that's flown in <laughs> yeah. i can believe that <laughs> Um, you guys usually do about half hour. <laughs> we we happened? yeah, I know. This is we're, it's, it's we're been very quite quick fire. Normally. It's, it's been yeah. it, it's been quite uh, liberating though, just to uh, just to take our time a bit. Yeah, uh, did, this uh, time, so. like you've been on the ready break today or something. Yeah. Like that. So, um, um, but thank you very much for having us. Uh, we'll 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 have to return the favour as well and have Absolutely. you have you on the unlucky frog oh my goodness uh, so probably need to be a four-parter or something if, uh, <laughs> this is you know me i'm very i'm a man of very very few words <laughs> having realized he's recorded 187 hours of audio since he begun which is Ooh. enough for a week um but for people that you know for people that um have listened along tonight and they want to find out more about yourselves where do you exist on the inter web nets uh so you we, can... we, well first of all we've got our own website now which uh the fabulous charlotte has set up and that's just unluckyfrog.com yeah and from there you can get to the i think i believe all of our episodes are up there they, sh- they yeah they are yeah. uh just uh we we host uh the um uh, the, the episodes on Podbean. Uh, oh, they're which, so good! Yeah, yeah. Links to so many different websites. We, ones, ones we didn't realize they link to. Yeah. Uh, but we, we're also on iTunes. Uh, we have just got onto Google Play. How did uh, you manage that? How did you? Manage uh, we that? we pretended we were Canadian. Uh, <laughs> I'm not actually joking. <laughs> I'm not. Jo- I know. I'm, I'm. I'm like you know. People have said, "No, just use a VPN." 
just do that because that's yeah. the only way you'll be able to get onto Google <laughs> yeah. Play because they're not going to be rolling it out to the UK. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, well uh, we, we might be on Spotify, so no, 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 no. Very good, very but good. You can get that. It's not a exclusive because you can get that through Podbean as well. We just like to point out that other podcast hosts are available, but we're both using the same platform. So, we're sh- <laughs> you know, I mean, yes. if you don't like, you know, sharing a bit of shop talk, then just skip forward thirty seconds. You'll be fine. We'll be good. Yes, we'll go. We'll, we'll if you fast forward enough, we'll get into the Apple Podcast joke, which I know is everybody's favourite. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you can apply for Spotify now if you go through your um, social media connection account on Podbean. You can oh. you can actually request for that, so we shall we shall get on that then as well. Absolutely, um, and obviously you guys are on Twitter and you on face you on Twitter Twitter. I think that we are just. Is it unlucky frog gaming? I think it is I just as, sim- it is. as so simple as that. I will tell you. See, I told you Charlotte dealt with all of this. <laughs> At the unlucky frog. The unlucky frog. Yeah, on Twitter. But um, all of these links to our various social media outlets are on unluckyfrog.com. So if you go there, that'll take you Mm -hmm. all across the internet. There we go. That's a, that's our that's our shilling done. Yeah. <laughs> shilling. Shilled away, yeah. But we'll probably get in trouble for not mentioning everything when Charlotte hears this. Probably, but, uh, probably. Yeah. Hi, yeah. hi, Charlotte. Yes, hello. <laughs> hi, Charlotte. Thank you for um, putting up with these two. Um, <laughs> but no, if you haven't checked out the podcast, go back and listen to the podcast. If you've had enough of my voice, which I have no doubt you probably have by this time, you can probably actually mouth along the words that I'm going to be saying. Because it's not like, even though I don't use a script, it usually sounds like I am using a script. So Because I say the same things again and again and again. But jump on, give them a listen. The chat's nice, it's gentle, it's informative, it's, you know, it's a good, fun... And it's another Scottish podcast for you, kind of ish. As I was joking in the, yes. <laughs> as I was joking earlier on, it's kind of like they're kind of like the half fat Scottish podcast. It's kind of like, like we're, we're skim, working. Skim, we're working skim. on my uh, my uh, cultural integration. <laughs> exactly. We've, uh, I, I wore the kilt last year. Yeah. Yep. Um, I have tried square sausage. There you go. Although I do point out. That by Oxford English Dictionary definition, square sausage is not a sausage. But that's they, they a conversation would, they would say for another that, time. Though. They would Let's say that. Just, that's a conversation just... for another time. I drank yep. Iron Brew. Um, yeah. Yet to try Bucky. I would probably stay away from that unless you want to get arrested <laughs> and end up in a police cell with a traffic cone on your head. I'd probably stay yeah. away from that. That's um, fair. <laughs> if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to and uh, thank you for everybody that does and who thank you for everybody that has helped made 2018 so fantastic for us so far um you can find us on twitter at we are not wizards you can find us on facebook at we are not wizards we are on instagram at we are not wizards if you go to youtube and as we say we use podbean for our podcast hosts they're fantastic because every time we release an episode it automatically goes on to youtube if you fancy going on and dropping a subscription on youtube because some people like to listen to the podcast on there for some reason, you can go to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash We're Not Wizards Tabletop Podcast. Um, you can find us on the usual kind of podcast places. So you've got Stitcher and Spreaker and Acast and Podknife and potentially Spotify if they let us on. <laughs> potentially, it's crazy. Um, you can obviously get us on Apple Podcasts as well. And as we say... 
If you like what you have listened to tonight, do us a favour. Jump on to search for We're Not Wizards and drop us a subscription. But make sure that you search for Unlucky Frog Gaming as well because those guys are newly on iTunes as well or newly on Apple Podcasts. Please and, do. <laughs> and drop drop them a subscription too. Um, if you like what you've listened to tonight... Um, then feel free to kind of give us a rating or a review. If you are going to be giving us a rating, then make sure that you don't give us a 10 because that'll make us big-headed. But don't give us a 1 because that'll make us cry. Give us a 5 because it's in the middle and it's average. And we are a little bit average. Make sure you give Unlucky Frog Gaming a 5 as well because they're new and they need a little bit of help getting but not, but not too much. as well. <laughs> give them, give them, give them I, a four. I, I'm give them go a out four. On, <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I think we're all above average here. I think that will. Yeah. 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 Speak speak for yourself, but you know. And yeah. well, uh, you know, blow my own trumpet, but I, no one else is I, going I'm, so. glad I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad it's only Ben that's in the same room as you. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's only a couple of things left to do. The first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Josh and Ben? Well, so here's, here's the question that I was going to ask. So, right. you're, okay. you're we're not wizards. Yes. We, we're not we're not wizards. So therefore, does that make me and Ben wizards? No. That's how double negatives work, right? Well, no. I've got the beard for it, so like I'm halfway there. I can actually cancel this entire show the week of recording <laughs> and effectively have lost you two hours of your life just remember uh, that gentlemen yes um we we no i'm 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 uh, i'm certainly not a wizard and while ben <laughs> ben has the beard i could pretend you're more to, of a dwarf i you're could dwarf. pretend to be one like you're maybe. six foot i don't dwarf. want anybody pretending to be anywhere near a kind of a magic thing whatsoever <laughs> um <laughs> and the other thing is to say goodbye um, so it's a goodbye. It's a goodbye from Ben, and it's a goodbye from Josh. Say so goodbye, you goodbye, lovely people. folks. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes, and um, check out. You know, go a bit north of the border, and kind of check out podcasts in Scotland. You might be lucky, or you might be unlucky. You might not only be unlucky, yep. you might be a frog. You might not yes. only be unlucky and a frog, but you might be into gaming. In fact, you might be the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. If you fit yeah. all three niches, boy, have we got a show for you. They'll send a t-shirt for you free of charge <laughs> if you fill the criteria. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'll, I, 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 am, I would be quite willing to send a, a, a frog yeah, <laughs> t-shirt. If we could find a legitimate frog yeah. who listens to the podcast, absolutely. Um, but until the next time, goodbye. Say goodbye, guys. No, oh, goodbye. Oh, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. 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 There we are.